your goal things have to be driven around serving somebody else because those things will come alive for you. It's the better to give than receive concept. You got to find a way to give. And if you put stuff on your goals and your result list, it's going to help you chart a course that you watch. You start to serve people in a very different way. This is the FM Evolution Podcast, brought to you by CGP Maintenance and Construction Services, bringing you trends, innovations, and advancement of the facility management universe. Welcome to the Evolution. Here's Sean Black. What's up, guys? Sean Black at FM Evolution, and welcome to our latest episode. We continue our FM Leadership Series number two, and we're talking to Jim Robinson, again, CEO of CGP Construction. And uh, it's a relevant topic because we're in December, almost the end of 2019. It's been an amazing year, a ton of growth, a lot of things that I learned personally. And this whole year as a reflection of doing this podcast uh, for you guys has been uh, just an amazing experience. And first, I want to thank you so much for allowing me to do it and and being interested in what I have to say. And you know what? It's really all about you guys. And I really appreciate you being listeners. Um, if you do want to leave comments on our iTunes page or our webpage, we'd love to hear from you guys. Uh, if you're watching this on YouTube, go ahead and click on the subscribe and don't forget to hit the little bell notification so you know when we have a new video that comes up. Um, in this episode, we're going to be talking about 2020 goals, goal setting. Are you guys rolling out uh, a new, new agenda for the year? Have you guys discussed goals with your team? Are you setting goals together as a team? Today, we're going to be talking about that. Jim goes all the way back to 1985, seems like a long time ago. That's when he started first setting goals for our company. And so I'm excited to share his story and his insight on goal setting. So stay tuned. You're not going to miss this. But before that, here's a word from our sponsor. episode is brought to you by Fluidlytics Intelligent Water Management Solution. Fluidlytics enables all businesses using water, including commercial buildings, hotels, and restaurants, to optimize and track their water usage in order to meet water sustainability goals, reduce water costs, and reduce water leakage. Start saving water and saving money. For a free evaluation with one of our technical experts, visit fluidlytics.com today. Welcome to FM Evolution. I am your host, Sean Black, and welcome back to our FM Leadership Series. Today, we're sitting down with Jim Robinson, CEO of CGP Construction. Hey, hey glad man. to be here. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Well, I appreciate you coming on the show and doing these leadership series. It's I'm excited to get to do it, and we all have a lot of requests for it. So I'm awesome. excited to get into today's topic because it's super relevant. We're coming to literally the end of 2019. Getting ready to start 2020 and uh, goals, man. We're going to be talking about that. You had a great food for thought uh, series, and if you guys don't know, go online and check out our social media for CGP. We have a, a really good series that Jim does called Food for Thought, and uh, in that series, you said having a clear, written, defined plan is not confining or limiting; it is liberating. If you need or want it, write it down. That's right. Love that. That's a that's a powerful piece, and uh, so I learned that probably in the eighties. I've been around a long time, and uh, <clears throat> it's imperative because 
for me personally, even it is restrictive. I feel very uh, confined if I don't have a written plan. I need to have a, a charted course. Yeah. Flying airplanes, I got to know where I'm flying that aircraft. I need to know what that plan is in life and business and so on. So it has to be written down. It can't just be a thought process. Otherwise, that's just daydreaming. So this is something that I know for me personally in the last five years that I've excelled at tremendously because of working in this environment where we really focus on doing that. When um, I was going to ask you, when did you first start writing your plan? You said in the 80s? So in the 80s, I um, maybe even earlier than that, but I, I've had guys even as of recent as a few weeks ago that were part of my team back in the 80s. And, and I've told this story before, but he has a he has a yellow notebook pad that he I, I made everybody write their goals in the 80s. If you join my team, you're writing goals. Yeah. And you may not have heard about it, but or ex- experienced it. But when you come around me, you're going to hear that. And to this day, he carries that same piece of paper in his wallet. That's crazy. And he's accomplished all of them out of the top 30-something things on his list that he claimed as a goal or a result that would drive him. Uh, he, he only missed one thing on the list, and it was to become a ski instructor. <laughs> keep keep in mind, when he was first joining a team, he was an 18-year-old guy. Right, exactly. And so, uh, oh, I'm going to be a ski instructor. I think everybody yeah. has that on their list. Exactly. But he says, Jim, check this out. He says, this is the only thing I didn't do. And to this day, he actually holds a title company. All wow. the real estate that he wrote down he wanted to purchase, he owns today. Yeah. He has several rental properties. All are on that goal sheet. And he is confident that that goal sheet that we wrote in the 80s yep. is the only reason he actually attained all of that all of that wealth yeah. and uh, all of those things that he has today. And to this day, he owns a title company. I started journaling here uh, because of all the things that we do here and, uh, and and your influence. And I will tell you, I still have the very first journal that I have. I keep them all. I know you do too. And then I went back and had realized not that long ago that the first goals I had written down, I had already accomplished them all. Yeah. And to me, that was really exciting. I was like, holy crap. Yeah. It's that kind of like defining moment. You're like, this works. So I was going to, I was going to ask you is like, when did you first realize what was like the first moment you realized I had accomplished the goal I had written down? So early in my career, when I first started CGP in 85 and kind of our process and what we were learning to do back then was I had people around me just from other exposure from school, from other uh, career paths that we had coaches, we had people come in mentorship programs. And they would talk about writing things down, and they would talk about how they accomplished things. Well, as as a youth, kind of a stubborn, you know, rebellious kid that I was, <laughs> and uh, not that I am today. No, but <laughs> but I I just I I found it unique yeah. that I kept hearing that same uh, process being taught or preached or talked about, if you will on a repetitive thing. So I thought, okay, I can write something down. And I didn't do it the way I do it today. I simply wrote just some notes on a piece of paper, and uh, lo and behold, I started to accomplish some things. And Mm -hmm. I'm like, well, I don't know if it was that or if it's truly just my drive. And so I tested all that. I, I tested the own theory. I quit writing goals. And then I started not having the things that were yeah. that I thought were being drivers were no longer no longer drivers. And I wrote things down again within a couple of years of the first time, 
and you start to accomplish things. And <laughs> they, oddly enough, they, like Jim Rohn says, your subconscious is going to go to work and get these things done. Exactly. If you write them down, it's a program thing, and your brain just goes to work. So since then, since 85, I've been writing goals. And I've kept a journal of what those goals do and what they what they mean. What was the third? What was the first thing you you accomplished that you knew you're like, oh my gosh, this is it? So I wanted a new office, mm. and uh, I primarily was in the field. I don't really like being a desk jockey. I am mostly today, but uh, that's not my thing. I, I come alive when I'm in the field. Yeah. And I was in a field all the time, and I said, like, well, geez, I got to have a grounding spot. I got to have a landing pad, if you will. And so I wrote that down, and I said, you know, this year I got to have a landing pad. And without really even thinking about it, things just started clicking along. And I started getting asked if I wanted an office in the space. Awesome. And it came to me. It wasn't something that I went to find. And uh, as it came to me, I'm like, wow, that was really a powerful moment in goal writing. So that was 1985. Man. And I got my office. It's a long time ago. (laughs) It was a long time ago. (laughs) but. Um. How did that? I mean, how did that affect you? How did you? How did that make you feel? Well, it it just reaffirmed that I'm definitely on the right track. I know that I got to continue to write goals and to aspire to a different level. And it can't be all self serving goals. You have to write things that are uh, aligned with kind of uh, serving your soul, kind of healing you in those moments of uh, self uh, self time, so you can be better. Um, but the, most of your things, your goal things, have to be driven around serving somebody else because those things will come alive for you. Uh, it's it's the better to give than receive concept. Yeah. It's, you got to find a way to give. And if you put stuff on, on the list, on your goals and your result list, it's going to help you chart a course that you watch. You start to serve people in a very different way. That's amazing. So one of the things I want to ask you, I want to bring this up for a reason is, do you celebrate your wins? Because I know for a lot of leaders, it's maybe not the easiest thing. Yeah. So, no's the simple answer. (laughs) Um, Leadership isn't, uh, we typically don't allow ourselves time to uh, this proverbial stop and smell the roses along the journey. Yeah. Um, years ago, I had a great business coach, Carrie Kaufman, and um, she really actually gave me awakening about what, is, what am I doing? And I realized that setting kind of standards around what success meant in my goal planning uh, allowed me an opportunity to do stop and smell the roses when I would get to another level of, of success. Yeah. And this is societal standards versus self-standards. And so getting to those levels was, it was important to find a way to celebrate those wins. And I do those in limited ways. I'm still not great at doing the the, the success piece of that or the win. Uh, I accomplish a lot of things. I do a lot of goal setting. I get a lot of things on my goal list. And also keep in mind, goals uh, give you an opportunity to change uh, your trajectory. So you aim for a goal and you're going to go into a totally different way once you start going at it. So just keep doing that, and and the the win is it has to also be a structured thing where you're writing down the win. You have to celebrate that, but you have plan to get it win. on your plan. Yeah, plan the win. Plan the win. You gotta you gotta plan what that looks like to celebrate. Exactly. And whether that's a steak dinner out or it's new a, Ferrari. Yeah, a new Ferrari, <laughs> a new aircraft. We had a guest on one uh, a couple of shows ago. He's like, 
we're talking a little bit about it. She's like, well, I'm like, what are you going to do now? I'm going to go buy a Ferrari. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> might as well. I, might as well. I'm going to buy that that's aircraft right. that's directly behind that's my That's it right head. there. Yeah, it's the one. And uh, that's that's the goal here. I got to keep working on that. That's about a five-year plan. But yeah. uh, I'm working on that next aircraft. So, yeah, celebrate the wins. I'm not good at it. I'm getting better at it. Um, I, I belong to a lot of leadership teams and clubs and different mastery programs. And we all suffer the same thing. Yeah. We all are driven and we tend to drive harder than we celebrate. Do you think it's important? Because, I mean, a lot of coaches talk about you have to celebrate or why have a goal. Yeah. Right? Which I get. I understand. And I also understand there is side. Yeah. It's like when you complete the goal, we just make new goals. Right? Yeah. That's the kind right. of thing. Hey, keep in mind, coaches, business coaches in general, they're they're set up and structured a certain way. And every one of them will tell you the exact same thing. Yeah. I mean, the majority of them are going to have the same philosophy. If you win this, you got to do this. If you win this, you got to do this. Yes, you have to have celebratory events. But sometimes drivers are sometimes actually setting another goal, and that is their goal. Yeah, and that that's is celebration. Their, and that is their reward. Isn't that funny? It's true. Because most of our results, we call them results or call them goals. It depends on how hard or soft you can be. Yeah. It's goals drive things for other people. And that is a celebration of life virtually every day because what I'm accomplishing is shifting other people to accomplish their best. So I'm, I get wins and I get celebratory things every day. Coaches will all tell you, hey, you got to stop. You, you got to celebrate. celebrate this. Yeah. I just see it a little bit differently. I see that I'm winning and I'm actually celebrating every day in the changes that I can watch in other people's lives and in our own business and how we serve. And that's that's a that's a big celebratory thing for me. So the wind's kind of being present in that moment right then. And see, present see, in every moment. Seeing the change happen. You yeah. can see see the guy or gal go almost to their knees and in tears. Yeah. And then you can <laughs> <laughs> everybody around me's felt this. Yeah. But and I'm sorry. I'm no, not sorry. No, you're not. <laughs> it's it's that it's that pressure in those yeah. moments. And then on the other side of that moment of pain. Yeah. Is such a celebratory thing because yeah. the employee feels the sigh of relief. I made it. Yep. And I see the growth in that. And that's a celebration to me. We talked about this. I know that you're a big believer and you have to go through that fire and brimstone to get to the other side. Yeah. You know, where you can breathe. Yeah. And I think that's right. I think it's true. I think you have to go through that journey. And if you don't, you'll never understand the rewards behind it. You'll never feel it. Yeah. Well, you've, Heard me speak yes. before, but I, I, I say crack or couch. Yeah. I sometimes yeah. use those in the same term, but it's you can have a couch, you're not getting anything done. There's no changes because you're super comfortable. Or you can be out somewhere that's extremely in, uncomfortable. Watch the difference in how you perform and how you behave and what you look for to change. To change. Yep. When you're on that couch watching a football game, drinking a beer, you are not changing anything except your weight. <laughs> Right? <laughs> because of the beer and yes, the hot dog. That's right. So when you're in that really comfort zone, the crack pipe, the yep. couch zone, whatever you want to term that lazy spot, there's zero growth there. Uh, when you go to Disneyland and you get on the Matterhorn and you're having a blast, that's cool. That's feeding the soul. That's getting you relaxed. That's letting you decompress for a moment so you can come back in. That's still not a learning space. No. That's, yeah. just a, that's a reflective space, and it's just a different thing. That little bit of pain zone, which I'm a firm believer in creating, creating and experiencing <laughs> uh, yeah. in self, and that's that's how I drive. It's That's how I find my own goals and set my own results. 
what kind of what if you can narrow it down to one goal, which is kind of hard. I mean, everyone has their own goals, but if you can narrow it down to a goal for other CEOs in your in your field, what, what would you recommend for them? The simplest way is uh, a succession plan. What does that look like? How are you going to let your legacy carry on? A succession plan and an education plan. Mm. Be crystal clear in your education plan for self, because if you're not uh, crystal clear in your own education, you're not going to impact anybody around you. And self-education by far and away yeah. is the best education. It's uh, You get a two-for-one or a three-for-one. I agree with you. And it's it's imperative that we spend time in that space, but it's also an imperative to set a goal to connect to other people in that space. And that, that's a, like... And we can go on on that topic because there is so much emphasis on even my kids going, oh, you have to go to college. You have to do this. That's good. It's great. But there's so many other ways to educate yourself. Yeah. And then the cost of doing that, there's you just really have to wait well, Today, out. I mean, we're in the trades business. There's no guys or gals that's in the trades business. It's a very different dynamic today yeah. in education. Schools are bringing back in auto shop, bringing in welding class, carpentry courses. All of them are scrambling to figure out how to do this now because society doesn't have those people any longer. Those people are now in high demand. So college isn't for everybody. And now that we've recognized Mm -hmm. that, they're doing this at a very entry level of school in the first grade. We're seeing that they're uh, assessing analytical skills and mechanical skills, trade-type personality characteristics, and they will help them get on a different course because – we got to have trades. It's what makes the world go around. Technology will outpace everything, but you still got to put the toilet in. You still got to fix the water heater, and that's a very manual trade-driven yep. thing. That's not going away ever. So we've got to find a way to get back into that space. We can influence that along our journey. No matter how much technology you have, it's still not going to fix that toilet. You still got manual <laughs> still, ways. The technology right. creates a new toilet, yeah. but you still got to have the plumber that can that's capable of repairing it. Just kind of uh, coming back to what we were talking about, your, about your recommendation for other CEOs or succession and growth plans. Um, for you personally, how has that affected your trajectory, your your business? Like how how do you how, how have you seen that it's affected um, the people around you and, and yourself having that type of mindset, like about education and even even having a succession plan. So. Having the journey of education and continually projecting that on to other people. Uh, over the years, I've employed thousands. And I can tell you, you scare the bejesus out of some. <laughs> yeah. And they run. Yep. And the ones that can endure that type of, uh, it's an irritation until you learn. But it's when you find the one that will actually tolerate the pain of saying, okay, here's our course, here's our education, here's where we got to go, here's what you have to read, here's the process. And they start on that process and they chunk it down. It it starts to win and they're like, ooh, this feels good. I Mm -hmm. feel better about self. Feeling better about self obviously is uh, you serve other people in a very different light. Yeah. So, yeah, just having a plan. Have the plan. (laughs) <laughs> work the plan everyone should have a plan <laughs> um so just kind of wrapping up for 2020 what kind of advice would you give to fms for 2020 goal setting so to fms huh? facility managers 
Uh, well, they're they're in a tough spot. Mm-hmm. I mean, they all are because companies are having to downsize how many people they have in the retail restaurant world, uh, and they're getting thinner, leaner, meaner. And facility managers are having to manage um, more locations, more sites with less time. Fact. And yes. because of that, they're really coming from a perspective of data management. Uh, so for a facility manager, for me today, I would say try to refine that, but also align yourself with like companies like CGP yep. that have uh, the software that can speak into their data, their analytics, because that's really what they're managing. They, they're never going to remember the light bulb that we replaced, but they'll remember the service and the data coming from that because that's what they're reviewing. So for facility managers going forward, align with the right team that can stretch them and make sure that they have the adequate software to actually give them the data they need in real time. Great advice. Great advice. Well, thank you again for joining me on the FM Leadership Series. We'll continue with this. I'm excited to continue to do it with you. Yeah, I'm excited. I'm looking forward to the next one. Yeah, me too. And then for all you guys that are checking out the the video, be sure to like and subscribe and, and click on the little bell notification so you know when we get new videos coming out. And check out all of our social media. You can find our podcast on the web, on the interweb, on our website, cgpconstruction.com. Of course, on anywhere you get your podcast now, we're there live. So check it out. We'll see you next time.